if you're consistent in this business, you're going to be able to beat out 95% of your competition. It's one of the toughest things to do is be consistent for a long period of time. And if you do that, you're going to be successful in this business. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Deals and money. We are constantly seeking deals and money as real estate investors, and I bet you're having a challenge right now, especially with deals, if you're like most real estate investors, because it's tough to find deals right now. But here's the thing. There's a competitive advantage out there that when implemented, it will help you accomplish your objective of getting more deals and or getting more investors. And that is having a great follow-up system. Having a great follow-up is one of the keys to success real estate and follow-up boss is the leading CRM for real estate. This is the system you need in place so you can reach out to owners and brokers directly for deals or you can follow up with your investors and you do it all in one spot. The CRM makes it 10 times faster to call and text owners then integrates those into a software so nothing slips through the cracks. The follow-up boss conversion system and powerful management tools help align your methods and drive growth that otherwise it could have been missed and probably would have been missed. Go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever to get a system in place. And if you need help, they got you covered. Follow Up Boss offers experts seven days a week. You can pick up the phone and speak to an actual human being anytime during business hours. Visit followupboss.com forward slash best ever to check out how much time you could save by streamlining your follow-up process. Best ever listeners, they're treating you extra special. You get an extended 30-day free trial twice the length of the normal trial for a limited time, go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever and perfect your follow-up. Best ever listeners, I'm excited to introduce you to our newest host that we're bringing on to the team. His name is Slocum Reed, along with myself and Ash. Slocum will be providing value to every interview he does. I've known Slocum for years and I've watched his portfolio continue to grow He currently owns and operates 65 units, including converting three units into an office building. So he's an owner-operator. He's coming from certainly a different perspective than I have. I know he's going to bring his expertise and cut through the fluff and get the best real estate investing advice ever for you. So welcome, Slocum Reed. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Slocum Reed and I'm with Kyle Mitchell. Kyle is joining us from Scottsdale, Arizona. He's the managing partner of Vertical Street Ventures. He's a GP on $107 million in assets under management. Kyle, can you start us off with a little bit more about your background and what you're currently focused on? Yeah, thanks, Slocum. Happy to be on. My background is now in multifamily real estate. We focus on value-add apartment investing in the Arizona and the Texas markets. We've got about 14 different properties that we've done syndications on. I've been in real estate since 2010. My previous life, I was in the golf management side of things, so property management, but for golf courses. Did that for about 20 years, got burnt out on it, and I ended up finding an online course for real estate. And then 11 months later, I left my full-time job to pursue it full-time. So been full-time in multifamily for the last three and a half years and live in Scottsdale where we acquire most of our properties in the Arizona market. So you've been full-time in real estate investing the last three and a half years. You've acquired 14 properties in that time? That is correct. Gotcha. You've been busy. Busy last 12 to 18 months, I would say. Yep. 
Okay. How many of those deals are in the last 12 to 18 months? Seven of those deals are in the last 14 months, actually. Seven deals since basically the beginning of 2021, end of 2020? Yep. And what markets are those in? Well, we have one that we closed in last November in Arlington, Texas. That was a 252 unit property. And then the rest were between Phoenix and Tucson, which is where our core markets are. Phoenix, Tucson, and Arlington, Texas. It's not like you're the only guy who's looking for deals there. I imagine the vast majority of people who are looking for deals in those areas, even those with your experience, aren't locking in seven deals in about the last five quarters. What do you perceive to be the differentiator between you and the other people writing these offers? Yeah, I made a big move in my life last year, actually in April, I moved from Southern California to Arizona. So prior to moving to Arizona, I was still flying into Arizona every other week, but I just wasn't able to build the right relationships or better relationships like I do now. And also being able to react much quicker. So now that I live in Arizona, if a broker sends me a deal in the past, I would say, yeah, I'll be there next week. I'll take a look at it. Well, by that time, 20 other people have taken a look at it. We've literally been sent a deal on a Saturday. I go look at it, we underwrite it, and we're making an offer by Saturday afternoon or Sunday before anyone else looks at it. So that's been a huge factor. I've been able to be the boots on the ground and really build the relationships with the brokers here and then been able to react very quickly. Gotcha. So moving into your target market from SoCal, and that's not the time that marks you going full-time. You were full-time for a couple of years before that, weren't you? That's correct. Gotcha. So you perceived yourself losing out on deals because you couldn't get to them quickly enough. So you're already full-time doing this. Why not go be where you're looking to buy deals so that you can be Johnny on the spot. You hear about it Saturday, Sunday, you're there. And Monday, you're writing your LOI. Is that about right? Yeah, exactly. There's even same day that we'll write an offer or provide feedback to the brokers, right? And when you can provide feedback to brokers same day, they tend to like that. And whether I do that one deal or not, they're going to continue to throw deals our way because we get back to them pretty quickly and we move quickly. So that's been a, a huge factor. And then just the fact that I live in this market, I can see it real time, things that are gentrifying, areas that are good, that are not good, that we're not interested in. And then just understanding the market and building the relationships. It's just gone a, a long way for us since we moved here. We've grown exponentially since we moved to the market. Gotcha. I understand, Kyle, obviously you're involved in acquisitions and deal finding. I understand you're also involved in asset management. Is that correct? Yep. A bit of my background, Kyle, I am an owner operator. So I've worn all of the hats or almost all of the hats for all of my properties thus far. And I've read the best ever real estate syndication book multiple times because my experience is as an owner operator, I'm the property manager, I'm the asset manager, I am the person to whom I have to answer on most of my properties. You guys hire third party property management then? We do right now. We've had the discussion about bringing it in house now that we're over a thousand units. I came from the property management side of things, but from the golf course perspective, right? But it's the same thing. It's a lot of people, low margins. It really is a thankless business. So for me, if we can have a strong third-party property management company that allows us to customize things and works with us on a lot of our key performance indicators and our targets and how we do things, then for right now, I'm okay with having third-party. I can see why people bring it in-house, but that's not something I would pull the trigger on yet. 
like I said, it's a tough business and there's a lot more moving parts because you have a lot of employees involved and that changes things. So we've decided not to bring that in-house. However, we are bringing construction management in-house, which is somewhat similar. But the goal on that is to help alleviate some of the supply and labor constraints that are out there right now. Over a thousand units, you have some property management background. Tell us, Kyle, what's factoring into your decision? You guys are considering bringing property management in-house, but you haven't done it yet. And it sounds like you're not going to based on your current portfolio. What are the factors in that? Why is that? It's just tough to manage people. So the more people you have in your business, the tougher it is to manage, right? And we're happy with our third-party property management company to this point, and we are probably one of the larger groups with them. So we get some flexibility and we sit down with the owners and they allow us to customize certain things the way we want to see it. So as long as we have a partner in that, we want them to be focused on what they do best and we can focus on what we do best, which is finding the assets and then managing from an asset management level execution of the business plan. But if you have a strong third-party property management company, I do like the fact that they're focused on that and what they're really good at. Again, I understand why people bring in property management in-house, a little bit more control. There are some ways to save and and increase your NOI, but right now I think we're sticking with third-party. Thank you. That's very helpful. When it comes to asset management, tell us a little more of what the, not necessarily day-to-day, but month-to-month and quarter-to-quarter of that looks like in your relationship. You have one property manager for the whole portfolio? We have two. We have one that is based in Tucson and one that is based in Phoenix. Gotcha. And then you're using another property manager in Arlington, Texas as well? Actually, the same one that's in Texas because they also manage properties out in Texas. They have a portfolio out there that they manage. So that's worked well. well. Yep. Nice. Yeah, that is convenient. Tell us about what asset management looks like for you guys. What is it that you're focused on in your relationship with your property manager, but also what are your key performance metrics, the ones that you're tracking, and how frequently are you pinging the property manager to see how things are going? When it comes to asset management, I think a lot of people think that you can just hand the keys to the property management company, they're going to execute the business plan, and you call it a day, you move on to the next property. But really, we do value-add investing, and the more you can force the NOI up, the more appreciation you're going to get, force appreciation, the more value you're going to get out of the property. So asset management is critical to make sure that the property management company, number one, understands what your business plan is. They know going in and they execute it properly. As I mentioned, property management is a people business and people are not perfect. So there needs to be systems in place to manage people and manage the execution of the business plan to get the best results. And so that's where asset management comes into play. And we look at it more as a partnership with our property management company or partnering with them to execute our business plan together. So asset management one day could just be hopping on a call with them and understanding and letting them know what the budget is for a certain project and make sure they stay on time. And another day it could be going to the property, double checking their work and really pushing them to hold them accountable for things that are not getting done properly. But what our kind of cadence looks like is during the value add phase, we have weekly calls with our property management company and we have a checklist that we go over and a task list that we go over every week to make sure everything's staying on track. And then once the property stabilized, we'll go to every other week or even once a month, depending on how the property's performing and all that. So that's a lot of what asset management has to do with 
We have a full-time asset manager on our staff who does all this. But right now, especially with where we are in the market, in my opinion, I think speed and execution and efficiency is critical. So making sure that you're working in tandem with your property management company to finish out that business plan as quickly as possible is crucial. Speed and execution and efficiency are words that everyone's using about the acquisition process. And we were just talking about you moving your life to Arizona to make that possible with acquisitions. Meeting with your property manager once a week during the value add phase. How often is a member of your team visiting each of the properties during the value add phase and then afterwards? It depends on how heavy of a lift. If it's a light value add, it's going to be much different than a heavy value add, I would say. If it's a heavy value add, it's once a week, to be honest with you. But right now, if it's just a light standard value add that's on the fairway type of deal, at least twice a month and maybe three times a month. Kyle, what counts as heavy value add for you? Well, we got a deal we're closing on in a couple of weeks where we're putting 70 grand a unit, $7 million into it, and it's a 100 unit property. So that is a heavy value You're putting in 70 grand a unit. Yes. So that would be a heavy value add. I would say a light value add for us in the Phoenix area is probably 10 to 15 grand a unit. We'll get back to the show. But first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. What's holding you back from getting into apartment building deals? Is it knowledge, fear, inability to take action, lack of support? If it's any of these things, then I suggest you consider Deal Maker Mentoring with Michael Blanc. Michael's program is the most effective program to help you syndicate your first apartment building deal. During Deal Maker Mentoring, you'll work directly with one of Michael's experienced mentors who have successfully replaced their income with apartment buildings. They've already done what you want to do, which is become financially free. So in addition to providing their own syndication experience, They've been trained in Michael's unique deal maker blueprint designed to help you do your first deal and become financially free just like them in the next one to three years. To find out more, text the word Joe to 66866. I know Michael's going to get you to where you'd like to be. Again, text the word Joe to 66866. Do it right now while it's fresh on your mind and let's get you started with your own syndication business. I'd like to introduce you to my good friends over at PassiveInvesting.com, a private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. PassiveInvesting.com makes it easy for you to start investing in real estate. They focus on acquiring institutional quality apartments and self-storage facilities with private accredited investor funds. They also have a real estate debt fund that offers hard money loans to local fix and flippers across the U.S., which currently has a 0% default rate. With a portfolio of over $700 million in assets and controlling over $250 million in equity, they know how to secure the best deals and how to avoid the red flags. If you are interested in learning more, please reach out directly to PassiveInvesting.com and request the free Passive investor guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags to download that PDF now. That's PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags. What are you getting for 70 grand a unit? What are we getting for 70 grand? Well, we're getting- In Cincinnati, Ohio, 70 grand a unit is more than I want to pay purchase and rehab for most of the stuff that I'm looking at, Kyle. So you're blowing my mind with 70 grand per unit for rehab. I got to know, well, first of all, tell me the gross rents on these things and what you're doing to the gross rents by spending that much money. And then please explain what 70 grand a unit is going to get you in Arizona right now. 
70 grand a unit is going to get us a rooftop deck. It's going to blow out the entire bottom floor, brand new amenities, brand new office space or offices, common area amenities and exterior work as well. Rebranding. What else are we doing to it? Interior renovations are going to be between 20 and 25 units. So that's not just the interiors. And this is a tower. So it's a nine story tower. So we have a lot of interior work and then deferred maintenance. I would say it's probably a third of the 70 grand is going to be to defer maintenance to things like roof, plumbing, et cetera. But this is in a great downtown location, huge units. And so 70 grand a unit for this one in place rents are $400 below market on day one and another six to $700 after renovations. You're adding six to $700 per month per unit with your renovations. Yep. But on day one, they're $400 below market. Gotcha. So when it's all said and done from today till end of renovation, it's over $1,000 in increase. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. So you're getting a thousand a month increase for 70 grand a unit. Yep. Gotcha. Give us the bigger picture numbers as well. You gave enough math to figure out how many units there are, but how many doors is this? What's the purchase? What's the rehab? And what are you expecting? this to be worth? And what do you expect to be producing on the back end? It's a 96 unit building, 60s build downtown Tucson. And let's see, 70 grand a unit is what we're going to be spending on it. Purchased it for about 27 million. And when we're all said and done, looking at it to be worth about 43 to 45 million. Gotcha. So you're going to be all in for around 34. Yep. And it'll be worth about 10 million more than that when you're done. Exactly. Underwritten to the five-year hold? Underwritten to the five-year hold, correct. Okay. And what kind of return are you projecting? About 2.1 multiple, 17% IRR. Gotcha. So yeah, I'm willing to call this heavy value add too, Kyle. How are you expecting your asset management relationship to go with this? And you mentioned you're bringing construction management in-house. Is that for this deal? Because there's so many things going on. It's not specifically for this deal. The reason why we're doing that is because, you know, like I said, we've got about 14 deals and about six or seven of them are still in the value add phase. And we've just seen between COVID and labor shortages and supply constraints, what used to be eight to 10 units a month that we could do has really shrunk down to three or four. And we feel we'll have a lot more control bringing it in-house. Obviously, our team will only be working on our properties, so they don't have to go to other properties. So we'll have a little bit more control on being able to be more efficient when it comes to our renovations. The scope for that heavy value add, we're bringing in an outside general contractor, architect, design team, because it really is a huge lift. And our in-house team is not going to be able to blow out the entire bottom floor of a building and, and do all that. And so that's kind of separate. But again, it's really been the market environment for the reason that we're bringing construction in-house. Gotcha. So asset management for your property manager, but also for all of these vendors that you're bringing in to complete the rehab. I have a feeling at first you're going to be on site more than once a week. What is that going to look like from an intensity perspective? Frequency of how often you're there? How many people are you keeping track of? That kind of thing. So the good news is that we have a full-time asset manager as well. So a lot of his time is going to be focused on this property when we close on it in a couple of weeks. 
And I will also be involved since I'm boots on the ground. But when we're first getting started, probably going to be there two to three times a week to start for the first month or two until we feel really comfortable with what's going on. There are some city permits and requirements that we've got to go through. So some of those items are not going to start for four to six months. So we do have it staggered in a way that it's not going to be too extreme. But yes, when we're doing 70 grand a unit heavy value add on a deal, we're going to be very hands-on and be out there as much as possible. Blowing out the first floor, are you going to have tenants living there in the meantime? So the first floor right now, which is actually good, is mainly exists of open storage and commercial space. So we'll do it in sections. So yes, there's no living spaces in the bottom section. So we're going to be able to do it while the residents are still living there. Gotcha. Kyle, let's talk about asset management from a hypothetical perspective. I'm taking the perspective of a property manager for myself and thinking that I'm being brought on to manage a value-add asset, probably closer to the lighter value-add, that we may have some major mechanicals that need to be replaced. We're doing some cosmetic updates in the apartments. We have a reasonable time frame, so it's not like we're emptying out the buildings to get everything done quickly. Thinking from the perspective of your property manager, how often should I expect to hear from you? And what level of decision-making can I make on my own? And what do I need to get approval from you for? Great question. And we hired our asset manager about three months ago, and we were just talking about this yesterday because there's a lot of things that go on in a business plan and a business plan doesn't end the way it started. It just never happens that way. It would be great if everything stayed on timeline and stayed on budget. But essentially what we do is we'll have a meeting with our property management company and our asset managers involved, right? They're there for due diligence. We talk through the business plan together. They know what our budget is. So they have our budget, they have our business plan, and so does the property management company. So that person has full rights to make sure that everything stays on the timeline within the budget. And if anything goes outside of the budget or changes is when we get an email or a request on our input on the deal. So we want to make sure there's some flexibility and freedom for the asset manager. Otherwise, they're essentially just an assistant. So it's important to make sure you have the right person though. So for the first couple of months, we're going to make sure that that person has good decision-making ability, ask the right questions, ask good questions. And when we feel that he or she's ready to take on the project a little bit more, then we'll give them a little bit more rope. But as long as it's staying within the budget and the timeline, we're not going to get as involved as something that's going over budget or an unforeseen item. Last question before we move on to the next segment of this interview, Kyle, what are the key metrics that you're looking at for the performance of your properties? Yeah, we look at a ton of different metrics. One that I'm really interested in right now is lease tradeouts. And the reason for that is lease tradeouts on renovated units, but also lease tradeouts on existing just classic units. Our market in and of itself has gone up 15 to 20% on rents over the last 12 months. So what we're actually seeing is that we can get a lot of that rent increase without renovating a unit. So we want to make mm. sure it still makes sense to renovate the units at the full level to make sure we're getting our ROI on it. So looking at the lease tradeouts between what classic rents are and what renovated rents are, are one thing that we really focus on right now. Focusing on making sure that you're getting the right return on your rehab dollars as opposed to the return that you'd be making if you didn't spend as much, of course. Gotcha. Kyle, are you ready for our best ever lightning round? 
Let's do it. It's been a few years. You've been through this before. You came on the show right after getting your first indication deal, right? Exactly. For anyone who wants to find him, that is episode 1784. Kyle, what's the best ever book you've recently read? Who Not How by Dan Sullivan. It changed my kind of perspective and view on things over the last 12 months. What is your best ever way to give back? Our Vertical Street Ventures company is starting a, a nonprofit arm that my wife and other partners are working on, and we're really excited to give back in that way. We also have an academy where we teach other people how to get started in the Arizona markets. It's a tough market to break into right now, so we are helping people get their first deals out here in Arizona. What is a best ever skill you developed since your first deal? Best ever skill. Great question. I would say just honing in my skills on asset management. I come from the management side of things, but just changing industries has been, it's not a perfect transition. So just honing my skills on the asset management side, I've learned quite a bit on how to do that in managing people. Awesome. And what is your best ever advice? I think last time I said it was consistency and I still stick to that. If you're consistent in this business, you're going to be able to beat out 95% of your competition. It's one of the toughest things to do is be consistent for a long period of time. And if you do that, you're going to be successful in this business. Things don't happen overnight, but over two, three, four years, it's amazing how much you can accomplish if you're consistent. Absolutely. Kyle, where can people get in touch with you? Yeah, verticalstreetventures.com is a great place to go. Talks about our team, our portfolio, and even our academy that we offer. Or the phone number and email address in your background for those who are watching on YouTube. Best ever listeners, thanks for tuning in. If you've gotten value from this episode, please subscribe to our show. Leave us a five-star review. And please share this episode with your friends so that we can add value to them too. Thank you and have a best ever day.